0: Amen.
1: Yep. Even got a few less people than normal here, it's all right. And we need to remember Brother Curtis and them, and and that whole family uh, out of St. George. Need to pray for them and uh, ask God to help them through this time. Um, and also, Miss uh, Diane lost her brother. Uh, that thing completely slipped my mind a while ago. And we need to pray for them as well. So let's uh, keep that stuff in mind as we go forward. But right now, the need of the hour is the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight a little message. And now, uh, it's kind of hard to uh, to know sometimes how much emphasis or how far you want to go with a thing that you believe. And, and uh, when you're dealing with the Lord, uh, you're always going to uh, be trying to figure out Well, how far do I take this thing? And now, i just give you that just for an example. We'll use the topic uh, that we're going to use tonight, that we're going to talk about tonight. I want to preach to you uh, about safety first. Safety first. You ever heard that terminology in the workplace? Safety first. Safety first. Safety first. Uh, But at any rate, you've heard it before and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, There used to be a time when you know uh, uh, in this country you go to work and your boss man say now you climb that 200 foot ladder and walk across that two foot beam and, and you just, you get the job done and if you don't want to do it i find somebody else that will now they got osha they'll come in o-s-h-a that's just another way to spell hitler or whatever but anyway they they'll say now you got to have a you got to have a safety line here and you got to have a safety net here and you got to have a hard hit here of course most of us got hard heads Enough anyway, but uh, they're going to make sure that we uh, you know take safety first if you've got a job and uh, but do you know I one time I owned a roofing company and uh, you know we're supposed to have all these uh, material safety data sheets and all kinds of stuff like that. I didn't have none of that stuff. well if you ever get inspected, you're going to get fines I said, well I just won't file no, uh, no, uh, no paperwork with the county and they won't know where I'm working that's <laughs> why <Yeah. laughs> so I never did get inspected by it ain't none of their business where I was working anyway but at any rate they'll come out and they'll do a job site inspection because they want you to have safety first they don't want nobody to get hurt and uh, that's what they say anyway the same thing they say about you uh think the same thing they say about your seat belts when you get in your car we want you to wear your seat belt because we're interested in your safety of course I ain't never seen them. None of them come down to my house and help me around my yard. And uh, nothing like that. They, they don't really care too much about my safety. They care about that check I have to write them when I don't wear my seatbelt. That's all that they care about. Amen. But I do kind of care about your safety tonight. And the Lord cares about your safety. And so I'm going to preach to you a message about safety tonight. And, and uh, the Lord says some interesting things in the Bible. He says, be careful for nothing. now... With an attitude like that it kinda of make you think, well I just, you know, run out in the street and run around. Not worry about getting hit by a car. You think that's what it means? No. When it says be careful for nothing, actually what it's saying is don't worry about anything. So I you know, point a pistol at myself and pull the trigger, not worry about it. Is that what it means? No. <laughs> So you've got to know and understand in your mind how far to take a thing, right? And so you just take a Bible, take a Bible verse and say, you know, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, that means I can fly in an airplane, and you know, I just don't trust that verse that far. <laughs> I stay on the ground. Amen. I drive, and if at least if I if there's some kind of an accident, if you're in an accident up there, an ambulance can't get up there and get to you. <laughs> Amen. If I'm an accident down here on the ground, ambulance pull right up to me and take me to the hospital. Amen. The Lord said, lo.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm with you always. Amen. And so I'm going to stay on the ground. Well, he said not to be worried about nothing. He said He said, uh, he said be careful for nothing. You'll be thankful for what you do have. You to be thankful for the health that you have you're to be you're to be thankful for all these things but I don't believe that when he says be careful for nothing I don't mean that he means to throw caution to the wind or or throw you know not uh, not be mindful at least of your condition or if you're not to worry about anything how about this don't worry about sin he said don't go that far does it so I want to preach to you a message about safety tonight. And, but I got—I do have good news for you. I mean, you—you you can absolutely apply the verse to your life. Now, I was going to start there in Proverbs, and I will get back to that. I told you Proverbs 21, right? Let's go ahead and look in Philippians, chapter number four, and let's read that verse first. I believe we'll do that. Philippians, chapter number four, and verse number—verse number five. We'll read verse number five with that. And it says, uh, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Whatever moderates you, whatever, you know, a moderator of a meeting, he's the guy that stands up and says, first we'll have sister so-and-so to sing, and next we'll have brother so-and-so to sing, and then we'll have brother so-and-so and and brother so-and-so to come take an offering, and then we'll have brother so-and-so sing again, and then we'll have brother so-and-so to come preach. That's a lot of so-and-so's, ain't it? (laughs) But that's the moderator. He's ordering things, right? Right. Well, the Bible says, Let the things that order you be known unto all men. It didn't tell you just live a Christian life and let your lifestyle be your witness. The Lord said for you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. And then He said not only that, but let your moderation be known. I don't mind telling the folks in my neighborhood that I don't drink. Amen. Amen. Amen? I don't mind going over to my neighbor's house over behind me and saying, Hey, I don't play my music loud. How about y'all not playing y'alls loud either? Amen. 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 I got some mad at him a couple of weeks ago. I started to pull my truck out there next to the fence and put Lester off in and roll down all the windows and the doors and just let them get preached to for about three or four hours. And then uh, I just decided to get stabbed. My battery ain't worth them. I just leave them alone. Amen. But at any rate, well, you know, someday I may try that. But at any rate, at any rate, so let your moderation be known to all men. I believe in preaching what you believe. Amen. The things that moderate your life and control your life. I believe in preaching that. Amen. You don't got to be a jerk, but you do need to let folks know where you stand. Amen. You say, why? Well, it's in the verse. The Lord is at hand. The Lord's at hand. Be soon time for Him to come get us. Amen. Verse number 6. Now be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God. Now that's what I'm interested tonight in this sermon. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, Brother Mike, why would you preach a message about safety? Well, this is why, because... We live in a time where on the news media every day you hear about some new threat. And I, I believe it's by design. I don't, believe, I don't believe there's... And there are some threats in the world. And I believe we're living in the time where the Lord said there'd be wars and rumors of wars. But the end is not yet. That's the time I believe that we live in right now. But the news media has got stuff stirred up to where folks are just afraid all the time. It's not just world affairs either. It's your personal affairs. Don't eat chocolate. It'll make you hair fall off or you ears fall off and don't eat no fat it'll make you have a heart attack or don't do this it'll you know don't breathe because it's going to give you cancer or something like that that's it's almost that bad Uh, i hadn't watched normal television in a long time i'm talking about cable vision or nothing like that that's pumped into your house through the airwaves i ain't watched that in a long time but the last time that I did watch something like that, and turned it on, commercial comes on, saying, now here we're going to give you this pill and it's going to cure ingrown toenails, but after that it's going to give you heart disease and lung disease and your eyeballs is going <laughs> to pop out. At- and they give you a great big long list of junk that's going to b- happen to you bad, but it's going to take care of them in grown toenails or whatever. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? Give you a pill that's going to cure insomnia, but it's going to make you throw up for the next three weeks. That don't make no sense to me. That <laughs> don't make no sense. Uh, but at any rate, it's always one bad thing after another, one bad thing after another. All uh, these Islamic terrorists—of course, they—they're not Islamic according to Obama. <laughs> I mean, they're called Islamic State, but they're not Islamic. He said that because he is That's right. Islamic. That's why he said that. If I was Islamic, I'd be saying that too. Oh, they're not part of us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's it. Uh,
1: don't believe that junk. Don't believe that junk. Amen. Amen. I thought it was pretty neat. He said it, uh, you know. Uh, people of, of good religions, they don't kill one another. Hey, man, North Africa and the Middle East are all Islamic because somebody had a sword in their hand.
0: Right.
1: Amen. So Islam started and they started saying, you know, turn to Allah. And they said, we've already got all these other gods. Islam said, we'll cut your head off. And they said, okay. Now that's the short version. I mean, there's two thousand years of history has gone on, but I just summarized it for you in about six minutes. Get 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 right with Allah, or we'll kill you. That's the way they they didn't knock you know, Islam don't knock on doors and say we'd like to invite you out to the the first Islamic Church of Jacksonville next week. They just don't do it that way. They just don't do it that way. They're going to kill you if you don't believe what they believe. Amen. Now they all this stuff they yesterday I understand that they cut off the head of an Englishman yesterday I, and I hadn't heard a lot about it on the news so far uh, but they've cut off another head and said we're going to threaten y'all. Now the whole world is is getting upset about that stuff. And it, in, in certain way of looking at that thing it needs to be upset about it. And uh, all I got to say about that is it took two bombs to put an end to Japanese aggression. Yep,
0: that's,
1: right. that's all I want to say about that. That's <laughs> so Enola Gay. Meet the Middle East. How many of you know how many of you know who Enola Gay is? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Most beautiful woman in American
0: history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amen. Supermodel.
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: That'd take care of it right there. Yes. Amen. But then any rate, you got folks, you got mothers, you got children. And, and, you know, they show this stuff 24 hours a day on the television, try to get folks stirred up, try to get folks afraid. And then, uh, you know, uh, you sh- they show on television, well, if you let your kids go out and play, somebody's going to come by and steal them. Yeah. And so when my kids are outside playing, I've got to keep walking over to the window and peeking out and looking out. And, and you, after a while, it becomes kind of a, kind of a pain in your gut. Yeah. Hear a car door shut outside? Yeah. You know, when I was a boy, man, I'd get seven or eight miles away from the house. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about I was younger than my youngest daughter here, and I'd be out across the mountain, through the valley. You say, well, why can't we let them do that anymore? It's a different world. right. That's right different world, amen. Folks have been folks not raised on Bible preaching and hymns and cartoons anymore. Folks folks is raised on rap music and video games. Oh, right. Got absolutely no control about. It. So that that kind of scares you when it comes to your children's safety. And anybody that's got any sense ought to be concerned about some of that stuff. And so with all the stuff that could bother you and with all the stuff that could uh, make you pull your hair out or lose your hair or make your hair turn gray or give you ulcers or whatever, or whatever how stuff bothers you, I want to preach to you tonight about how to be careful for nothing and how to trust in God. And for that, let's turn back now to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 21. And let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll read these verses. I didn't preach longer than I thought I was going to preach on the introduction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse, verse number 30 is where we're going to start at. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. And I pray, oh God, you'd help me, Lord, to just preach for a few minutes. And give some verses of Scripture, God, that will be, uh, Lord, an encouragement and maybe some direction. Give us some direction in how to, uh, Lord, face the things that we face in this day and time. And, Lord, we realize that there are threats that are out there. And, Lord, that there are things that would harm. And, and Lord, it's even possible because of looking at our history and reading our Bible, we know that you have allowed things to happen to your people and Lord, we realize that and we understand that. And Lord, we don't make light of that, but Lord, we ask you uh, to help us and protect us. And Lord, I pray, oh God, you'd make it real to us tonight that even though hard times may come and difficult situations may come, that, Lord, our safety is still, uh, it still comes from you. And Lord, you're still the protector of your children, you're the way maker, oh God. I pray that you'd help us to see that. Help us, God, to rely on you and to trust in you. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, before I even read the verses, uh, you ought to know that in this sermon, I'm going to say whatever in this world it is that bothers you, let me say, you can take good accounts, and you can keep your eyes open, and you can take every precaution in this world. But if the Lord... Is not protecting you, you can never be saved. Amen. The Bible says, "There is no peace," saith my God, to the wicked. I believe that verse. I believe those kind of verses. Amen. I believe that your safety comes from God. I believe that your protection comes from God. And I believe that even if God allows you to go through some hardship, that He'll still be with you, and you'll be better off in hardship than you at, than you are at ease. Without the Lord. You'd be better off in hardship with the Lord than you would be at ease in Zion without the Lord. That's what I believe. Well, let's look in verse number 30. And it says, There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. That's a wonderful verse. That's a verse right there. Look what it says. Verse 30. There is no wisdom or understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Now you've got to understand. You've got to look at the verse the way I'm thinking of it here. And we're talking about safety. And we're talking about depending on the Lord for our safety. Well, this wisdom or counsel it's talking about in verse 30. That must be the wisdom and counsel of the enemy. Many times in the Old Testament you'll find the king of Syria or the king of Babylon or the king of Egypt uh, had it in their mind, had it in their heart to go up against Israel and destroy him. And all the time Israel wasn't always at their very best behavior. Uh, and the king would say, now we're going to, t- the king of Egypt or the king of Assyria or the king of Syria or some other nation would say, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to get our horsemen we're going to put them on the east side. We're going to put our artillery, we're going to put our archers on the west side. We're going to surround the city and we're going to come at them from all sides. What is that? That's their wisdom and counsel. They laid their very best laid plans to bring Israel to harm. But God said there is no counsel or wisdom against the Lord. And let me just say this. If the devil's got it out for you, if your neighbors got it out for you, if this world has it out for you, they can make their best laid plans. Uh, but unless the Lord allows it, nothing's going to happen to you. Right. Nothing's going to happen to you. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that with all of my heart. Sometimes, you know, I, I do things quietly and privately in my own mind, but I fully expect the Lord to take care of me. Now, when I hear something like evolution taught in schools or when I hear a politician talking about uh, we need to clamp down on this free market because we're killing the globe and global warming. I, I kind of get upset about stuff like that. I want to push back against stuff like that. But I, you know I've learned to trust in God that he's going to take care and eventually this world going to be in the hands of the devil. We understand yeah. that. That don't mean I want to turn it over to him right today. Amen. Right. I still enjoy my freedoms and such as that. Right. But you know I hear him talking about this you know several years ago I hear him talking about global warming global warming global warming and we need to make the cars less powerful and we need to make them use less gas and we need to shut down the oil companies and stuff like that and I pray in the back of my mind I say Lord make them look like idiots yeah.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean because they're going to say whatever they want to say whether it's about evolution whether it's about global warming they're going to say what they want to say whether it's true or not right. and no matter who stands up and refutes it they're going to say it anyway but I say, sometimes I say Lord make them look like a big idiot." And then you know, I just leave it and let God handle it the way it, the Bible says that God's going to turn people over to a to a grievous lie. The Lord's going to turn the people over to a great lie and cause them to believe it. The Bible said He'd take the wise in their own deceit. And so, but any at any rate, I say, Lord, make them now. Three days ago, I was listening to the radio. I prayed that prayer over a year ago. Now I didn't pray it every day, but I said, Lord, make them global warming folks look like idiots. Well, for the last. Couple of the last two winters been the coldest winters we've had in a long time, but I believe it was Thursday. I was listening to the weather report, and the weather out in Wyoming and some of those midwestern states was thirty degrees below normal, and it was snowing the first of September. And I just sit there in my truck and said, "Thank you, Lord." You say why? Because them global warming nuts are hiding under their desks pretending they didn't hear that news. You say, "What is that?" That's the Lord being able to take care of situations. If folks stand up and say something against the Lord, we're going to take we're going to take your trust away from the Lord, and we're going to put it in the scientists. The Lord showed them to be idiots every once in a while. Amen. I believe that sort of thing. I believe the Lord works that way for people that'll trust Him. Amen. And then, so in verse thirty-one, it says, "The horse is prepared against the day of battle." Notice He didn't say just forget about the horses. There may come a day when you've got to fight. I'm talking about physically and but more importantly, I'm talking about spiritually. There may come a time when you need that gun you had sitting behind your bedroom wall, bedroom door. May may come a time for that. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but the safe but safety is of the Lord. Amen. So I want to talk to you just a few minutes about safety. Safety first. And if you're going to have safety, it's going to come from the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we talk about everything that's on the news. All the hardship, all the stuff, all the wars and the rumor of wars. Uh, they got wars going on in North Africa, Somalia. They got wars going on in the Middle East, in Syria and Iraq. They got wars going on in Ukraine with Russia. It looks like on every hand, there's a bad guy somewhere doing something. Right. So America's sitting around saying, are we going to have to send troops back? Are we going to have to use air power? Are we go- what are we going to have to do? And the answer is clear. The thing we're going to have to do is trust in the Lord. You gotta, if you're going to trust in the Lord, and if safety is of the Lord, then national safety is of the Lord. National safety is of the Lord. Look, in, look with me in Psalm chapter 9. The book of Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9 and verse number... We'll start at verse number 15. Verse number 15. Well, let's start in verse number 13. Lucky number 13. If it's scripture, it's lucky. Amen. Verse number 13. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer, of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion, I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made; that they made in the net which they hid is their own foot taken.
0: Amen.
1: The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in his work, in the work of his own hands. I don't know that word. Say law. <laughs> Now look verse 17 the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget god so national if you're talking about national safety we're going to have to trust in the lord for that for national safety right. the enemies are going to stand up and they're going to make threats and they're going to do and folks are going to get worried about that but let me say this if the nation trusts in god it'll be safe Right. It'll be saved. Nobody in the Bible could come against the nation of Israel and do them any harm as long as the Lord was watching out for them. Yeah. Right. When they turned their backs against the Lord, the Lord still was long-suffering to them and took care of them. But there was a point where the Lord allowed their enemies uh, to do whatever they wanted to them. You know, I, I noticed something about this stuff on television. And I noticed what people are talking about. And I notice how people are worried about stuff like this. But you notice with all this stuff on television... Uh, They've been standing up for the last 20, 30, 40 years and saying, hey, we're going to death to America, we're going to destroy America. Isn't that what they've been saying? Well, hadn't you noticed who those folks are killing? They're not killing Israel. They stand up and say death to Israel, death to Israel. And they stand up and say death to America, death to America. But they're not killing Americans. They're not killing Israelis. I mean, They've killed two Americans and one Englishman. But those people are killing their own Muslim people by the thousands. Right. Yeah. Didn't that verse we just read, didn't that say they fall into the pit that they made? They invented this religion themselves, and they said we're going to work, we're going to dominate the world, and we're going to destroy everybody. But instead, now their their own sword is killing them. Isn't that? You wouldn't think you'd ever say this, but isn't that a blessing? Amen. And I don't mean it's a blessing that anybody's dying. I think it's terrible that those folks... I think even though they are killing other Islamic people who hate us, I think the Marine Corps ought to go in there and just teach them boys another lesson. I don't take no joy in the fact that folks are dying that way. But Islam stood up and said, we're going to conquer the world. And the Lord said, you ain't going to conquer nothing. They're killing their own self now. But let me say this. This country uh, just has another opportunity to get right with God, Amen. Another opportunity uh, to do what uh, the Lord wants them to do. I read in, the, in a in a news story last week said that North Carolina had voted and passed a law that said it was now okay for kids to pray in school again.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly the uh, that's exactly the response that I expected. I expected a little bit more Baptist response instead of a Presbyterian response.
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: But I don't say amen. It ain't none of North Carolina's business whether Christians pray in school or not. I don't need permission from the government of North Carolina or Georgia or the United States to pray. If I want to pray in school or if my kids want to pray in school, they pray in school if they want to. Of course, my kids ain't going to no public school. But if they did... And they wanted to pray in school, they'd get right down the middle of the of the hallway and pray out loud, if that's what they wanted to do. Hopefully they would have enough backbone if they wanted to do that, they could do it. But the government don't allow prayer or disallow prayer. Right. They may make a law that says you can't do it, but what does that mean?
0: Right.
1: If they were to come out with the law tomorrow it says no praying in the street. <laughs> we don't want you praying in the streets, you know. You'd find me right there praying, amen? Because it's not up to them where I pray or when I pray. It's not up to them when I read my Bible or where I read my Bible. Amen? I mean, it may cost you something to do that. They may kick you out of school. It's a possibility. But that's their own. That's their own deal. (laughs) What we've got to do as Christians is just trust the Lord and do what He told us to do, and we'll be safe. Amen? We'll be safe. And I've said this for years, if the Lord does allow something to happen to America, or if the Lord does allow something to happen to our nation, I mean, the Lord has plenty of people in the Bible. When Israel got overthrown, Daniel was safe and sound. Isn't that right? Joseph got kidnapped and sold into slavery. Ended up being in charge of everything. Amen. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Amen. Y'all ever heard that song? Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Well, if the, if hard if hardship and hard time comes, the Lord can take care of His own. The Lord can take care of His people.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Amen. And people say, "Oh, if the constitution, if they get rid of the constitution, what will we do?" Wonder what Paul did. He didn't have no constitution. Yeah. Say, Brother Mike, don't you love the Constitution? Yes. I love my country. I love the Constitution. Love the Marine Corps. Love the Bill of Rights. Love all that stuff. But I'm not depending on that. I'm depending on the Lord. Amen. i not depending on Fox News to tell me the truth. I got the news. Right. Uh, Rush is not right. The Bible is right. Amen. Amen. So I'm not going to sit around and listen to these, uh, you know, uh, uh, prophets of doom all day, and this bad's going to happen, that bad's going to happen. I don't care what InfoWars has to say. I don't care what Russell Lembaugh has to say or Glenn Beck has to say. I've got a Bible. I know what's going to happen. I know what's coming, and I know this. I'm going to be safe throughout the whole process. Amen. Amen. National safety, it's of the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to say much about this, but folks tend to worry about this, and you ladies tend to worry about it more than men do. God bless your heart. Somebody needs to worry about these things from time to time. But financial safety is of the Lord. Now all the men are saying. So Brother Mike, I wish you'd have brought this up after this, I bought my rifle this week. Deer hunting season is coming up, you know. All these rifles are going to be bought up in the next couple of weeks. Got to get me a new rifle, so forth and so on. Somebody before church asked me, did I want to take their crossbow? I said, no, sir, I don't want a uh, crossbow get me killed shoot no crossbow Amen. Uh, but at any rate financial safety you say what does it take for financial safety well the Lord have to give you wisdom amen, amen. and contentment
0: amen.
1: Amen. amen now you hush tonight amen I usually say stuff like this and my wife comes home and says now about what you said at church tonight <laughs> you need to go to the nursery <laughs> Amen. financial safety you say what is it? it comes from the Lord and the Lord had to give you two things to be financially safe wisdom and contentment yep. amen. wisdom to know when to spend the money contentment so you don't spend it too fast yeah. amen I mean because the less content that you are the more you're going to spend don't that make sense yeah. so you need to have wisdom and contentment that's all I'm going to say about that oh, I'll hit that point again when my wife is in the, the nursery amen <laughs> Amen. So let's move right along. Personal safety. Let's look in Proverbs. Look back in Proverbs, chapter sixteen, verse number seven. Now this gets a little bit more. Uh, this gets a little bit more down to where we live at. Amen. It's real easy to say, you know, God bless America. America is a big old place. You don't know about half of it. Amen. So it's a little less difficult to worry about stuff like that than it is maybe right on your street or right on your block. But Proverbs chapter number 16, if I can find it. Look what it says, verse number 7. It says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's a great verse right there. Amen. How many of you got any enemies? I want to see this. One or two. Some Some of you won't admit it. Let me ask you this question. I'd be interested to see this with a show of hands. How many of you folks ever been in a fist fight? Miss Irma. (laughs) Uh, Let me see them again. Put them them back up if you've been in a fist fight. Lord have mercy. (laughs) Uh, Did you win? No, listen. I, I I, I don't want no answers. This is a monologue. This is not a back and forth conversation here. Amen. I, I would kind of like to know if you I won or lost. So, <laughs> amen. Amen. Alright, well listen here. Uh, I've been in a couple fights myself. And I don't think the Lord's very much pleased with that kind of attitude. Unless it's self-defense. I believe the Lord provides for that. Amen. amen. But this verse is really true. I mean, it, I believe that the Lord, if you would do what you're supposed to do, I don't believe too many folks are really going to be upset enough with you to fight. I mean, if you're not stealing out of their backyard or climbing over their fence, you know, rum- rummaging through their ashtray trying to steal their change. <laughs> you know, the little stuff that people don't think, those ain't really cents. was like lies. I only stole 25 cents. I think Josh, I shouldn't call his name, but little Josh Hallett comes back here and says, he was telling me, I went through my mama's pocketbook and got all this change. And I went and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know where this conversation is going, but I'd like to stop and reflect on what you've said already. (laughs) I said, what do you mean you went through your mama's pocketbook? He said, well, it's just, you know, it was just like 75 cents or something. I said, boy, that
0: matters.
1: (laughs) People tend to frown on such things as that go through. But, you know, if you're living the Christian life that you ought to live, ain't nobody going to be too upset with you. Amen. And the type of folks that will be mad with you because of your theology, they don't usually want to fist fight or nothing like that. Okay. Amen? So you living the right kind of life is really it's going to keep you from physical altercation. But whatever enemy that you do have, the Bible said if you'll do right, the Lord will make you enemies to be at peace with you. Yeah. But you know it takes a little bit of humility to be that way. Now, out of all the things they taught us in the Marine Corps... Humility was not one of them. No.
0: No, that's
1: true. Of course, once you get 44, some of that stuff kind of has to wear off. Yeah. I remember a time when somebody said something, I would leave the confines of my own house and the confines of my yard. And sometimes I lived for the moment when somebody would say, step out here in the street. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: here we go. But now, at 44, I'm thinking... He's just a punk. Tell my wife, if I was 18, you'd see a beating right there. It's all inward bravado. I know in my heart what I could do to him. That's all that matters. But a lot of that's pride. You understand that? You know? Uh, I got a little. My wife hates it, but you know I don't do much. I don't go to the gym or nothing. But I got a few little barbells in my, in my, uh, in my little bedroom back there. And my wife gets mad at me because the boy falls on them and stuff like that. And she moves them, and I get mad. That's supposed to be right there. (laughs) Imagine a man wanting to work out, but be too lazy to go in the closet (laughs) (laughs) and drag them out. (laughs) That's kind of embarrassing to me, but. Get in front of the big mirror. <laughs> you ain't going to use that for nothing. You're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. You ain't supposed to. And I told my brother back here, I told him the other day, I said, you're in a different situation. you got, you know, folks trying to, Brother Nathan, and all these guys working the prison. I recommend being in shape. Yeah. But that's something you brought on yourself. The Lord didn't tell you to go work the prison. But what I'm trying to say is, if you'll do the right thing, God will take care of you. Amen? You do the right thing, God will take care of you. I, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I've been around some, some bad guys before. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about when I was living in sin. I'm talking about since I've been saved. I've been around some guys that were pretty bad. They might have done me some bodily harm. But the first that's real, that's real motivation for witnessing. Hey, let me tell you fellas about Jesus. <laughs> I've been down in Jacksonville. I'm talking about down around Moncrief and different places like that. That's a rough situation. And, you know, repossessing cars in the middle of the night. Fellas come out and say, what you doing out here? Oh. (laughs) Well, this is my part-time job. (laughs) My full-time job, I'm a pastor. (laughs) But I'm repossessing this car. The Lord's watching after me tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: you say, what well, happens? Things generally cool off. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. you say, Brother Mike, that's kind of a cheap way to witness. But, hey man, i use it. Yeah. At 44, the other alternative, not very good. But I do trust the Lord to take care of me. Amen. My personal safety. Now let me say this about that. Remember, we read the verse a while ago. It said the horse was prepared for the day of battle. I think you ought to have some means of protection. Amen. David stepped out there in the middle of the field with Goliath. And he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. But he had rocks in his pocket. Is that right or wrong? He had a sling. He had ammunition. So, I recommend you stand in the name of the Lord. And keep your rocks in your pocket. Amen. Amen. If they're 9 millimeter rocks, or 5.56 rocks, any size rocks you want. Smooth stones, amen? Amen. But listen, when it comes right down to it, you make sure that your dependence is on the Lord. Lord, watch over my house. I remember as a boy, we prayed this prayer, and I really hadn't prayed this prayer much since I've grown up. And people talk about people get carried away with angels, angels, angels. When I was a boy, we prayed about Lord put an angel around this place. That's family altar. Remember that? Yeah. And mom and daddy and the children get around, and the very last prayer that would be prayed would Lord put your angels about our house tonight, protect us from uh, fire, protect us from danger, and all that stuff. I don't really pray that kind of prayer anymore because I got a guard, guardian, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I'm not really interested about it. You said, Do you believe we got some angels? Sure. Sure, I do. The Bible said, entertain angels unawares. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, I believe in that sort of thing, but I'm trusting in the Lord for my safety. Yeah. And I got my rifle leaned up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Lord, I believe the Lord watches out for people, don't you?
0: Yeah.
1: Remember the verse we said a while ago, uh, right when we started out, it said, Be careful for nothing, but it said something about thanksgiving. And prayer, stuff like that, stuff like that means something. Now, if you ain't prayed all week about the safety of your house, yeah, you might have something to worry. I mean, you may have something to worry about either way. I mean, something may happen even if you pray every night. But I put the Lord high on the list, and the ammunition somewhere along in there. And you know, you might get out and run a mile or two every once in a while. You might need to physically be able to withstand somebody one day. Right? Amen. Safeties of the Lord. Speaking of safety, I was driving down the street yesterday. I was trying to repossess a car, matter of fact. And I was over in Kingston. There's a little neighborhood across from the Walmart over there, Mariner's Landing, I believe it's called. And I drive by this guy. He's got all these big brush and stuff around his house, brush bushes. And as I go by his driveway, that's the only thing open, and There's a raging fire. And I thought, hmm. And then the thought hit me, man, you better go help them out. <laughs> you better go help them out. So I pull my truck over and go rushing over there. And here's this guy with the water hose. And he's got an overturned gas can. It's just barely leaking out, but fire's firing fire, man. And he's got this water hose and he's spraying the fire. And he's pushing that gasoline everywhere. And it's spreading towards his house. It's spreading towards his car. And his wife is coming out here with these buckets of water. Pans of water and throwing the pans on the fire and the fire is going and I said lady don't do that again (laughs) and she looked at her husband and said should I I said lady I'm going to intervene between you and your husband right now don't do that again she got mad and stormed off in the house I said that's the best place for her to be praise God (laughs) I said, mister, you got another water hose? And he was hiding around the corner spraying that thing. And I went around the house and got the water hose and drug it around there. And I said, mister, that thing's leaking gas right there. I said, we need to spray that, not the fire. And so we sprayed it down got the fire down a little bit. And I went over there and grabbed the gas jug and set it up. And it turned over this way and set it back up. Finally got the thing to quit leaking. Finally we got the thing. I mean, the fire was... This close to the house, I mean, it was right up against the house, and it could have been bad. And I'm not talking about a fire. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a humongous blaze. Yeah. Gasoline ain't no, ain't no joke. Yeah. Well, we get that thing all put out, and boy, I've got the adrenaline going. Feel like I done fought 15 rounds. Uh, <laughs> and man, it was, it was, it was sticky situation there for a minute. I thought, I thought that that house was gonna burn. And they got kids inside. And that mad woman inside. they pretty rough. I recommend if you got a gas fire, call the fire department. Amen. First thing, amen. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Amen. Then if you got gasoline being poured on the fire, I recommend you. It's kind of like trying to mop up water out of the floor without turning the faucet off. You know what I mean? Turn off the source first and then you can take care of that stuff. Well, we get all this stuff done. The man says, "Now did you did you were you walking or were you riding? I said, "Excuse me, he said, "When you saw me trying to put out this fire, were you walking or were you riding in my mind i 'm trying to figure out why that even matters
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> I might have said that a couple of times too." I said, well, I I don't know. I'm I'm glad it worked out well. And I turned around and walked. I got home. I didn't think nothing about it. Ruth said, I bet they was thankful, would not they? I said, hmm. No. His wife was mad. He wanted to know if I was riding or walking. Of course, I mean, the man's house was about to burn down. He may have had some other issues on his mind. But you know, I was telling Ruth, I said, if somebody come by and Save my house. I'd give them my refrigerator. And uh, <laughs> want to borrow some of my kids for slave labor. I... <laughs> Amen. You know what that is? I mean, that's called being thankful. Amen. Amen. And I don't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. You know, I didn't want them to call me down to the town hall and pin a medal. I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when somebody does something for you, be thankful. Amen. And that's what the Lord said. He said, "Don't." He said, "Be careful for nothing." I gave you the M.E. version. The M.E. version, uh, which don't don't be careful about nothing. But he said, "What did he say?" He said, "With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request known to God." Boy, if you're thankful for your health right now that you got, the Lord, He us to take care of you down the road. Yeah, instead of you worrying about it, some of y'all worry about your health all the time. I don't never worry about mine, but. I get a pain in my side I think i 've got colon cancer or something I'm not i 'm not as bad as I used to be though since I got insurance i 'm a little bit better off than I used to be. get a headache, I think I got a tumor. I know none of y'all's like that, but anyway if you 've been thankful about the health god 's gave you so far, and you know what i think you know what I find I find most of the time that the people that are a little bit a little bit sick are more thankful for their health, what they've got, than somebody that's well and mobile. Amen. And that ought not be true. If you if you listen, Brother Rayton, he amazes me, he come preach that revival, sort say funeral. <clears throat> but revival he come preach that revival for us and he's eighty three years old. He don't take any pills for like blood pressure or nothing. He's just healthy as he can be. But I guarantee part of that has to do with being thankful. You don't you don't get health at 83 for free. Amen. I believe some thankfulness is involved right there. And you know if you're going to have personal safety, whether it's in your health or if it's in the safety of your family, then the safety of your home, I think you're going to have to be thankful for what you got. Be content with what you got and be thankful for what you got. Amen. Well, there's some more stuff, but I'm, I think I'm going to let it go right there. Brother Nathan, if you would come play for just a minute.